right. Hey, can we give the band a hand again? Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Way to go. Thank you. Well, good morning. Like I said, my name is Eric. I'm so glad that you are here today. I believe that you are not here by accident. But God has something for you. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to do in each, every one of you this morning. We're kicking off this new five-week series called Relationship Goals, called Relationship Goals. I don't know if you've noticed, but marriages are struggling all over the place. Have you seen this going on? Maybe in your own life, maybe someone close to you. You know someone whose marriage, whose relationships are struggling. And I believe that is not acceptable to God. I believe that he has something so much better for us. And so for the next five weeks, what we want to do as a church is we want to invest in the lives of those who are married, in the lives of those who one day will be married, either for the first time or the second time or the third time. We want to speak directly into marriages to strengthen them so that it can become everything that God would want them to be. This is a great series, I think, for both married people and for single people. And I want to encourage you to take the four-week challenge, that if maybe you're new, you're checking out Mosaic, it's your first time visiting, that you would join with us the next four weeks for the rest of this series and see what God can do in you to see what God can do through you as you commit to coming for this whole series to see how God is going to speak into your life, how he's going to either prepare you for future relationships or to help you make the right priorities in your current relationships. Okay, as, as we get started this morning, I want to ask for a little audience participation. All right, a little audience participation. Ladies, you first. How many of you, when you were a little girl, you fantasized about, you know, having the perfect wedding, you know, married to the perfect guy, you know, at, at the perfect wedding venue, and that someday you'd have, you know, the perfect kids, and you practice maybe even writing their names down somewhere? If that was you, 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 you fantasized about having the perfect marriage, the perfect wedding someday, go ahead and raise your hand. Raise your hand there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, put them down. All right, guys, now you. Now, I'm guessing, guys, as teenagers, you had a slightly different fantasy. Is that true? <laughs> guys, how many of you dreamed of one day getting married and then twice a day knowing your wife? How many? Raise those hands up, right? How many of you guys? No, there's like no one bold enough. There's a few guys. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Now, put your hands up if you're still dreaming for both of those. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Okay. What happens is a lot of times marriages, relationships, don't go the way that we think they will. We have certain expectations, certain hopes, and then when we get into them, things don't happen the way that we think we will. And it's interesting that a lot of times those expectations, that our relationships fall short of them. And honestly, when you look around today, you have to see, see that so many marriages are not working. And when you look at the statistics it's actually a little scary. Now, depending on what surveys you read, what studies uh, you look at, but roughly 50% of all marriages end in divorce. 50% of marriages don't make it. And that honestly is horrifying. Now, think about it. In what other area of your life you had a 50% chance of losing something that was very important to you? Like, you would approach it so dramatically. You would prepare so much hard. You'd do everything possible to eliminate that possible danger. Like, for instance, those of you guys who are married, who, raise a hand if you've got kids in the room. Or if you have kids, not in the room, but yeah, okay. If today you had a 50% chance that your kid 
was going to die in a car accident, what would you do? Like, put him in a helmet, make sure he knew the drivers, you know, maybe wrap him in bubble wrap, like whatever you would do, right? If there's a 50% chance that your child was gonna get into a car accident today. Maybe if you heard that tomorrow you had a 50% chance of being attacked by a bear on your way to your mailbox. Now, how many of you would be, would be prepared, right? Like, right, yeah, you'd get your gun, your knife. I don't know, maybe some of you don't have any weapons in the house, so it's like a baseball bat. But, you, you know, you'd suit of armor or whatever. It's like, man, I got a 50% chance of being attacked by a bear tomorrow. I'm going to make sure that I am prepared. Well, today the, the statistics say that 50% of marriages don't make it. And so we need to have that same vigilance, that same preparation to say, man, there's a high risk of failure here. So what am I going to do to prepare myself so that doesn't happen? I think, honestly, a lot of marriages don't succeed because people are not spiritually prepared to live a marriage that honors God. I think, honestly, a lot of people are not spiritually prepared to live a marriage that honors God. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write that down. We encourage you to take notes so that we want to give you not just some information, but have a life of transformation. We think if you can hear it, if you can write it down, if you can see it and then discuss it in your small group or with your family, it'll get those truths down in your heart. A lot of us aren't spiritually prepared, but I want to tell you that having a marriage that is honoring to God is possible. It's not going to be easy. We need to prepare. We need to work hard, but it is possible to beat the odds. But it's not likely to happen if we just follow the path of what everyone else is doing. If we want what no one else has, what the majority don't have, which is a thriving marriage founded on God, then we can't do just what everyone else is doing. So what we're going to do as a church for the next five weeks, we're going to invest into marriages, into relationships. We're going to learn how together to set the right kind of relationship goals goals that will honor God, goals that will help our marriages go the distance. Today, I want to start with a, a common belief that many of us were raised to hold on to. And really, we can kind of point the finger at Disney and lots of other places. This idea that to be happy, to be fulfilled, to live a life of purpose, we have to find the one, right? How many of you have heard that? You can raise your hands. Yeah, we have to find the one to be really, really happy. You know, that one person that when you turn on the radio, all those songs make sense. Oh, I just think of them. You know, that one person that when you smell them, you know, the little hairs in the back of your neck curl up. You know what I mean? And like, you want to like give gifts to that, your little lovey-dovey and everything just makes sense and, it's, and life is so good and you're floating along. Like, that's what culture tells us. We need to meet that one person that makes us all tingly. Well, I'm hoping that after this message that with some of you who will start to change your thinking and start to see things the way that God sees things. You know, I think for someone, it's like, oh, I just met the one. He's adorable. You know, uh, he's cute. He's got a job. You know, the last three guys I dated didn't have jobs. They're addicted to their PF4, but he doesn't even play video games. Like, he must be the one, you know, or, or guys, it's like, oh, she's amazing. I love watching her worship. Oh, she's so funny. She's such a good cook. Like, she has to be the one, you know, I'm hoping, though, in some of you, especially some of you who are single, maybe young men, young women, maybe you were married and you're, and, and you're single again, that when you meet someone, you won't say, oh, I just met the one. You'll say, you'll tell your friends, I'm so excited. 
I've just met the two. I've just met the two. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. All right, stick with me, right? See, why are we excited about meeting the two? If you're taking notes, it's because God is your one and your spouse is your two. God is your one and your spouse is your two. Jesus says this very clearly when someone asks him, what is the greatest commandment? Matthew 22, verse 35 through 40. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. Jesus says, above everything else, make God your number one. He is our highest priority. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Then love your neighbor as yourself. God first, people second. God first, people second. That is our priority. And to have a marriage that honors God, we put God first in our priorities. Then we put our spouse number two. Now, I want to talk to you who are not married, which is a significant percentage of our congregation. Maybe you've never been married or maybe you were married and you find yourself single again. All right, if you are currently not married, go ahead and raise your hands up, up in the air, yeah, okay. Now look around if there's someone you wanna connect with after service, that's okay, <laughs> we got a party. We believe it, it's good. If you find a wife, you found a good thing. Um, but I'll say for those of you who want someday to be married and you wanna set the right kind of relationship goals, that your goal today, if you wanna write this down, is that I'll seek the one while preparing for my two. I'm gonna seek the one while preparing for my two. I'm gonna seek after God. I'm not gonna make seeking after my spouse the number one priority in my life. Instead, I'm gonna seek after God. I wanna know his plan for my life, his purposes for my, my life. I wanna confess my sin. I wanna move forward in a relationship with Jesus so that then when I meet my two, I'll be ready for that. Andy Stanley, a, a well-known pastor in Georgia, he says it this way. He says, become the kind of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the kind of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Maybe today you're single and you're saying, God, I just wanna find a spouse who's gonna lead me. Maybe you're a single woman. You're like, I wanna find a great godly man who's gonna lead our family to knowing Jesus, to be the spiritual leader in our family. Well, you need to become the kind of person that that person is looking for. If they're looking for a spouse who loves God and is passionately following him, then that's what your priority needs to be. That you need to be preparing yourself so that when you meet your two, that, that God can bring you together. In other words, if you aren't married, you're hoping to be married, your goal will be, I'm gonna seek the one, I'm gonna live for God, my whole life's gonna be devoted to him, he's gonna be my king, he's first in my life, he's preparing me for someone that I can serve with him, he's always my one. I'll seek him while he's preparing for me, my two. All right, for those of you who are married, go ahead and raise your hand if you are married today. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of us are married today. Here's our relationship goal. You can write this down. That God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. That God will be my first priority and then my spouse will be my second. See, the problem is, when you believe your spouse is your one, 
You will idolize them one day until eventually you start to demonize them. You think, oh, you're so amazing, you're so perfect, you're everything, you're everything I've ever wanted. You know, ladies, in the beginning of a relationship, you think, oh, he's so laid back, he's so relaxed. And then a little bit what? Oh man, he is lazy, he won't mow the lawn, right? You demonize them, you lazy bum. All you do is play through fantasy football lineup, right? You idolize and you demonize. Or guys, in the beginning, it's like, oh, she's so organized, she's so driven, it's amazing. And then you think, you know, she's gonna drive me crazy. Like, Jesus, I need to be delivered from her, right? Like we think, (laughs) that's what we think. If we idolize them, then eventually we're going to demonize them. See, the problem is, when we ask our spouse to meet a need they were not designed to meet, because God is designed to meet your number one priority, not your spouse. This is what tends to happen in relationships. I've made this mistake. When you're dating, your your boyfriend or your girlfriend becomes your number one priority. Then you get married, and and maybe they're still your top priority, but then kids come along. And suddenly, instead of the marriage relationship being your first priority, suddenly the kids become the first priority, and, and the husband gets a little jealous. And so he pours himself into work, or video games, or CrossFit, or whatever. Maybe the wife pours herself into her work or the kids, and suddenly the marriage relationship gets put on the back burner, and what was once the number one priority is no longer a priority. Let me get a little personal with you guys this morning. You know, when we had our first child, we were five years into marriage, and and we talked about it. It took us a while to get pregnant for the first time, and and finally we had our first child, And, and raising babies is hard, Amen. It takes a lot of work. Those little babies come out really helpless if you didn't know that. Like, and there's no manual. So you have to figure it out. And so Kristen had to devote a lot of time and attention to Joshua, our baby. And I was like, you know, I'm glad you're focusing on that baby, but what about this baby? Like, I need some of your attention. Men, have you ever been that? Yeah, amen. Like, it's hard. And so I poured myself into work. And that caused some tension in our marriage. And then we had child number two, and honestly, Things got twice as hard. And that's when, for the first time, we had to go see a marriage counselor. We were living in Wisconsin, surrounded by all these Packer fans. And we're like, God, we, need some, we need some counseling. We need some help. <laughs> and honestly, it was a good thing. And we were delivered in the name of Jesus and moved back to Minnesota and became Vikings fans again. Amen, Vikings fans? Amen, yeah. Um, but, no, but, but honestly, it's tough because... In the beginning, if, if your spouse is your top priority, when kids come along, it just gets harder and harder because it wasn't a bad thing that got in the way of our marriage because so often it's not something bad that ruins a relationship. It's a good thing that is not the top priority. It's not in the right ranking for your priorities. Instead, our goal needs to be that God is our one, my spouse is my two, then my kids, then my work, then my ministry. And we have to live according to these priorities if we want to really honor God. Let me get even more transparent. You know, when we had our first child, then our second, then our third, then our fourth, I found myself getting very jealous of Kristen's attention that was being pointed towards the babies. And what so often can happen to me, maybe you're wired up like me, so then I can throw myself into work, into ministry, into CrossFit, whatever it might be. First rule, CrossFit, you have to talk about CrossFit. 
And because I was jealous of Kristen's attention towards the babies. And what happened then is Kristen gets jealous of my attention and my time because I'm mentally and emotionally away. And I'm feeling jealous, and so I pull back, and so Kristen's feeling jealous, and Kristen's feeling alone, even though she's surrounded by little mini Eric lookalikes all around her. I know my kids look just like me, yes. They're very cute. Uh, that's all I think when you guys are like, look at Mariah, you're like, she looks just like you. I'm like, man, I am so cute. Um, it must be, I don't know. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan's sole role is to keep me humble. Now, I thought for the longest time that jealousy was wrong, that jealousy was bad, but there is such a thing as legitimate jealousy. God is a jealous God. See, when we put anything ahead of God, that becomes an idol. That even a good thing, our marriage, our kids, our ministry, when it's ahead of God and our priorities, it becomes an idol. And God is jealous, the Bible says. He wants and he deserves as our creator, as our redeemer, to be our number one. And it is a good and holy thing for him to be jealous of our attention. Because the way we were designed to live is that our creator and our redeemer would be our number one. And in the same way that when things come between us and our spouse, even good things, that is a legitimate jealousy. Every now and then you might find yourself saying, I'm a little jealous of your time with the kids because truthfully, yes, we should have time with the kids, but our marriage relationship should be a higher priority so we can keep it strong so we can be a blessing to the kids. Maybe your spouse has told you, I'm a little jealous of your time with your friends. That's a legitimate jealousy. Now there's some crazy people who think you should never have any friends. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you're always out with your friends, if you're always out doing something else and your spouse is not, your number two priority, and that's a legitimate jealousy for your spouse to have. I know some people, you're jealous over your spouse's phone. You're laying there in bed and you're both on your phones and your spouse looks over and they're jealous of their time and attention. Is that the best thing you can think about doing in bed is being on your phone? I got some other ideas for you, okay? We'll talk about that next week. And that's why I wanna give you one big simple thought here. That it's not always the bad things that destroy marriages. It's often the good things that are out of place in our relationships. So here's the big idea. That we want to protect the priorities. We want to protect the priorities. For those of you who are not married, you want to get married someday, embrace that today. Protect your priorities. Make it the goal that God will always be your number one and that when you get married, your spouse will be your number two. God is my one, my spouse is my two. If you're married today and you're struggling, there's a very good chance that you can trace it to this issue that you're not putting God first. We're not seeking God first. You want your marriage to grow, to thrive? Serve him in the church together. Seek him together every day. Pray out loud together on a regular basis. Be centered around God's word. Seek God together. Put him first and then make sure you come together and that your relationship with each other is number two. Let's get practical. Guys, when you come home from work, kiss your wife first. You know, bypass all the kids. Go ahead and kiss your wife first and then give her an extra special kiss, a little different than the kiss you give your kids, okay? 
Now, I gotta be honest, I tried this this week. I bypassed the kids and went right over to Kristen and gave her a kiss and she looked at me like I had grown a third head. Right, babe? Yeah, she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to do what I'm gonna preach on. <laughs> like, I'm trying to put you first. You know, I got all these kids running at me and it's like, no, your mama, she's my first priority, like ahead of you guys. Then I'm gonna give you kisses. That's modeling to our kids, guys, that our wife is our second priority only to God. Then our kids come after that. Now, I'm gonna get up in your business a little bit and make you a little mad, but only because I love you. You do not want a child-centered marriage. Children are important. Children, yes, are a gift from God. But if you want to love your kids, you need to prioritize your marriage above your kids. One of the best ways that you can be a blessing to your kids is to strengthen your marriage. Otherwise, if your life revolves around your kids, one day as the kids grow up, you're going to look at each other and they're going to leave the house and you're like, who are you? What did you do with that woman I married 20, 30 years ago? And suddenly you don't have any intimacy because your whole life has revolved around your children. Here's what you and I need to remember as we're in the thick of raising kids. I've got four kids, eight, six, three, and four months. Is that children are a temporary assignment. That children are a temporary assignment we have them for 18, 19, with the way things are going, maybe 30 years in our house. But eventually we have to kick them out and say, go serve Jesus. Go live out your purpose. Children are a temporary assignment, but marriage is till death do us part. Not until I get tired of you. Not until you're no longer meeting my needs. Not until I want to trade you in for a younger model. Marriage is until death do us part. Heart. Your marriage is a permanent God iron commitment, and that's why we have to continue to prioritize it even above the kids. Now, that doesn't mean we don't feed them, we don't bathe them, we don't clothe them, because yes, otherwise, you know, three year old little boys will just run around naked all the time. Like, I know this. But if you want to honor your marriage, you put your marriage, you put your spouse above the kids. If you want your children to succeed in marriage someday, show them what a God-honoring marriage looks like. Show them what it looks like to put God first and your spouse second and then everything else. Show your kids what it looks like to put your spouse above every other thing. Now, I want to acknowledge there are a lot of hurting relationships, and I get that. Today, if your marriage, if your relationship is hurting, I get that. What I'm saying is easy Simple, sorry. It's simple, but not easy. It's simple, but not easy. It's going to take some work. It takes work to not just say it, to actually do it. We put God first. We pray together. We read God's word together. We discuss it in our small group together. We're involved in his church. We're living to seek out his word. We're letting the Holy Spirit flow through us. He's first. And then we work hard to protect the priority of the marriage. You have to work hard because there's so many obstacles. These devices in our pockets, our phones are continually trying to pull us away to climb the priority list above our kids, above our spouse, above God. As I wrap up this morning, I want to talk to just the men for a minute because I feel like I have a little bit more freedom to talk to you guys as, as a dude myself. And then next Sunday, Kristen's going to be up here with me, we're tag teaming, and she's going to speak into the lives of you women. Uh, so you guys excited for that next week, Kristen speaking? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm excited and a little terrified. We're going to see what she says. 
But guys, here's what I want to tell you, is to take responsibility to protect their priorities because you're protectors. You and I need to take responsibility to protect the priorities because of the way that God designed us to be protectors. All right, show of hands here. Guys, if someone tried to attack your family in the middle of the night, breaking your house, how many of you would fight to defend your family to the death? Raise your hands up. Yeah, that's the way God wired us, right? Like middle of the night, we hear a sound, we jump out of bed, like we turn into a tiger, maybe even in our tidy whities right? Like we're ready to defend our families because that's the way that God has wired us up to be. Like we're wired to defend to the death those we love. How much more should we protect the priorities of our marriages, guys? God calls us as men to live for those that we love, to live for them every single day. God, what I hope all of us as men will understand is that we are charged by God to give our lives for two things, to live for God, to lay down your, your life for your wife. That's what we're called to do, to protect the priorities. Husbands, here's your calling. Ephesians 5.25 says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We celebrated communion. We celebrated that Jesus so loved us that he laid down his life for us. That's our calling, men. We love as Christ loved us. We lay down our lives. We protect the priorities. That's our calling, to love our wives, to serve her, to honor her, to cherish her in the same way that Christ loved the church and gave up his life for her. We protect the priorities at all costs. What does that mean? Men, we keep God first. We bring our families to church. We serve in church. We are people of the word of God. We dive in daily into God's word. We're modeling this for our kids. God is our priority. So we make it a priority of ours to do life with other believers, whether that's in a mosaic small group or in some other way. We say, hey, we don't do life alone, but we're gonna do life in community with others. Guys, it means we make our marriage a priority, second only to God and above every other priority. Above our work, above our careers, above football, above CrossFit, above everything. We fight for our marriage as fiercely as if we're fighting an intruder in the middle of the night in our tidy whities Amen? And all of you guys have a mental picture now, don't you? <laughs> when everything pulls us away from our spouse, we fight to talk. Because if you don't talk, you can't have intimacy. We lead the way, men, by planning date night at least once a month. That means, guys we may have to line up the babysitter for our wives, amen? It means two to three times a year, we plan to get our wives away so we can be alone for the night without the kids. Now, some of you are gonna say, Eric, we can't afford that, we don't have the time. Listen, if you're lazy, you're gonna make excuses. But if your wife is your number two priority behind only God, then you will make a way. If we're lazy, we're gonna make excuses, but if you love your spouse, you'll make a way, you will make a way. That means right now in this season, you have to get creative. You'll turn some Netflix on for the kids, go up to your bedroom, you'll lock the door. I don't know, give your kids some Benadryl so they don't bother you. So you can play a board game together. So you can dance in your bedroom. You can make out whatever it is. So you can get away even in your house. If you're in a small group, you've got built-in babysitters. Like, tell your small group, we're gonna drop off our kids this Friday night at your house and you're gonna keep them overnight, praise God. And then next week, we're gonna keep your kids and we're gonna trade off. See, love makes a way. Love makes a way. Half of marriages 
are not going to make it. We need to fight. We need to protect the priorities. And men, it really starts with us. We need to lead the way. God designed us to be protectors. We lay down our lives for our spouses. God first. Spouse second. What's our relationship goal? Our goal is to always honor God as my first priority and my spouse as my second. I'll protect those priorities with everything in me. If I start there, the foundation will be laid to have a marriage that can truly honor God, and that is worth building a life on. God is our one, and our spouse is our two. Now, maybe this morning you're here, and you don't have a relationship with God. I believe that you cannot have a life that's thriving if you don't have a relationship with your creator and your redeemer. Your relationships will always be missing something because you don't have a relationship with the one who loves you, with the one who made you, the one who died for you. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond. That this morning you can start a relationship, that this morning you can choose to put God first, that he will be the one in your life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to invite you to respond. This morning, to say, you know what? I have my priorities out of line. God is not my number one. I'm not following after Jesus. I don't have a relationship with him. I've known about him, but there is nothing personal there. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths, if we believe in our hearts, we will be saved. The Bible says that all are invited to be adopted into his family. And I believe right now that if you are here and you do not know Jesus, that he is calling you, that he is drawing you into relationship with him. And you have the opportunity to respond. At the count of three, I want to invite you just to lift your hand in the air. Because I believe right now that what God is speaking into your heart is real and true, and that when you respond on the outside, it makes what's going on on the inside all that much more real to us. If you would like to respond and say, Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. I want you to be a, the number one priority in my life. At the count of three, just lift your hands in the air. One, God loves you. Two, you'll never be the same. Three, lift your hands in the air. If you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus. Thank you, I see that. Thank you, I see that hand. 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 Is there anyone else? The Bible tells us that if we choose to follow Jesus, to make him our leader and our savior, we are saved, that in that moment we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we are adopted into God's family, and that all of heaven is rejoicing. So let's give a hand today for those who are following Jesus for the first time. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We're so excited for you to start this journey. We'd love to come talk with you. If you like some resources, because it is hard. All relationships are tough. And if you want to make Jesus your number one priority, then you need to have some people walking with you to help you grow in that relationship. And we want to help you in that. You can come find me. Um, I'll, I'll be out, hanging out there by the resource table. Uh, would you stand with me now as, as we head out of here? Uh, as we close, I'm just going to have you receive the benediction. And then you can grab your kids if you have them. Bring them back here. We're going to celebrate. We've got a little video uh, of some things that have gone on in the last year. We've got some cupcakes at Bounce House. And we're just going to celebrate what God has done in us, what God has done through you. Receive the benediction. May you know that God loves you so much. He 
created you. He redeemed you. He has saved you. And he asks that he would be number one in your life. May you put God first. May you put your spouse second. Or if you're single, may you prepare yourself for your number two by pursuing the number one. This week, have a great week. Uh, we're gonna go celebrate. Uh, may you know that God loves you. Uh, have a great day. Let's get the music going. And uh, we'll see you right after this as we celebrate what God's done. Thank you. <laughs>